Hey, Lisa, I am so glad that you're here because, um, first of all, you come with, from very humble beginnings. And then you have your story is very impactful. I'm sure that is going to inspire a lot of women. And not only that, but you also have created, you, you wrote a book in order to help more women to become smart women with money. So it just makes sense, you know, like for you to be part of this event. So I want, I want you to tell them a little bit more about you and especially, you know, like, like that trajectory from where you were, um, where you started and where you are right now. Mm -hmm. Well, from humble beginnings means that growing up, I didn't know anything about money and money was, it was a, a point of contention in my family where there was really never enough. My dad is a retired stagehand. My mom was a stay-at-home mom and they had twins. They didn't know they were having twins. So they were planning to have two children. They ended up having three. And I remember growing up, there was just never enough. And my dad was on a fixed salary. He never made more than $60,000 a year. They made it work. But with that came a lot of conversations that I inherited with my family about money, where I, I had a very fixed mindset around money. And I learned from my parents' upbringing of us, and my dad grew up very poor, was that you had to work really hard for your money. And if you weren't working hourly for your money or working really hard for your money, that, that there, were no, there was no other way. And I never saw it another way. And so growing up and thinking about a career, thinking about a job after college, I was really fixed and set on, I have to be an employee. I have to have a nine to five. It has to have health insurance benefits because if it didn't, my parents were going to freak out. And it wasn't until I left that job in 2011, had a lot of problems, which we can talk about if, you know, and I talk about it in my book, had a lot of problems with money in the, throughout the course of my twenties and thirties that I had to interrupt some patterns that weren't working for me, especially as a business owner. I had to learn how to not be so cheap, not pinch my pennies, take some risk and transform my relationship with money to be able to have a successful business and career and have more than, more than what I ever could dream of financially. But it's taken a long time to get here. Yeah. So what, what was that moment that you realized um, what... I what has been taught is not working or this is not necessarily the best way. I remember I was going through a personal development course and I had a, I had the awesome opportunity, which I'd never had before, but I was working with a life coach throughout that course. And when she was asking me, because at that time I was a stay-at-home mom. So in 2011, I left my career to be a stay-at-home mom. And I was really trying to stretch myself out of my comfort zone through this program. And she's like, well, how much money would you want to make? And I said, honestly, if I'm making $30,000 a year, that's good. I felt good about that. I would be proud of myself if I was a business owner making $30,000 a year. And she looked at me and she said, why would you ever limit yourself to that? And I had never thought that there would ever be another possibility. And so it was through that process of stretching myself outside my comfort zone. And then also learning as a business owner that $30,000 doesn't pay for much. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know, with your own business and then also just trying to pay for my own lifestyle. Um, so that was for me a big awakening. And then one huge piece of my thirties that I do talk about in my book was going through a divorce and thinking about how attached I was to the thought that I had to have a husband because that's what was role modeled to me. 
And I love being, I'm in a second marriage now and I love being married, but I'm, but it's for very different reasons because it's not attached to my financial security. I've had to learn how to break out of my own fixed mindset, learn how to create and generate wealth for myself and in my business. And it's through little behaviors and little actions and coaching and stretching myself outside of my comfort zone that I've been able to do that. And also learning a lot more about money that I had no idea about growing up. So I want to talk a little bit more about that part of the divorce, because uh, a, a big part of our audience, they're either going through that or they have gone through that. And, uh, and this is like, this is like uh, a pattern. I, I would, it, this is the norm, let's say that way, that for the, the majority of people somehow and women, they go through divorce, even though they had that fairy tale right, of being with uh, their man of their dreams or this person that was going to either take care of them or this person that they were going to spend their lives together and that didn't happen. How was that transition when it comes to your finances? Very painful. Very painful. Because of my fairy tale and my, my vision for my marriage and from learning from my mother who told me, you just work through the, your problems. You stick with it. Then my, my, my parents have been married for now over, over 40 years. And I know they had problems, right? And they just, that was the context of the, the world that I lived in is you work through it. So for 16 years, I was up against it, trying to work through problems in our relationship that were not resolvable. Our money personalities were so different. We were living, I was living with someone who was dealing with addiction. It was very hard. And financially, my idea of success was very wrapped into that fairy tale that if I get a divorce, I'm a failure Mm -hmm. and that I have a son with this man, I should stay with him. All of those pieces financially were creating a lot of havoc too, because I was just trying to make it work. And I was trying to support my husband who was in and out of work and we were draining our life savings. So for all the things that weren't working in our marriage, they were also not working in our finances. And if, um, if anyone's ever been in a relationship with someone who is struggling with addiction, it's very draining on your finances just as much. Yeah. So I was watching this almost like in, like in slow motion, I was watching our finances go down. I was watching the relationship not be healthy. I was watching the fighting happening in my life and I didn't want to sell my house. I didn't want to have to learn how to live on my own because my my idea of security was being with my husband. So it was very hard, very hard to think about what life could be like. And it was very scary. So the first thing I'd like, want, I'd want the audience to know is when you don't have to be in a relationship that doesn't work for you. The other thing is that you don't have to do it alone. And I think we think because we're in this mess that somehow we have to get out of it on our own. And it's quite the opposite. And for me, what got me through was a, a great coach that I learned how to invest in coaching, a great community, a great support system. And it started with, with me raising my hand and asking for help, which is very scary, especially because I want it to appear successful, like I had it all together and I didn't. Yeah. So that was a long-winded answer, but I hope that that's valuable for your audience no, to hear. Absolutely. This is exactly what we need to know. You know, like that vulnerability piece, because because again, you know, we don't achieve success overnight. And sometimes we do need help. We do. Or, and even if we feel that, yeah, we can do it together. I also, I'm could do it on my own. But sometimes we need that accountability. Are you doing it? 
right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely. I totally agree. So how, how was the transition then once you got divorced, how were you able to get back on track with your finances? The very first thing I learned how to do was learn how to make money. And, you know, from being an employee my entire life to being a stay-at-home mom, I didn't really know how to package my services. I didn't really know how to sell. I didn't know how to create the idea of having a business and turn it into reality. So once I, I learned with money how to package my services, how to make offers, how to have conversations about money with other women and teach what I'm teaching today, then I started to turn my financial situation around very quickly. So that was the first thing when I had to take full ownership for my financial future. And yeah. then I got to work in learning how to create sustainable business systems, learn how to charge for my services, which is very hard to do. It took a lot of uh, courage to make my first offer and then sweat bullets, <laughs> wondering if she, you know, if she was going to pay me and she did. And then I realized that my services are valuable. I can help people and by people learning how to also invest in themselves because money coaching is somewhat new on the scene, yeah. but that's in, that's so valuable to also teach women by investing in yourself, by getting the support. That's how you can get the ball rolling forward in your life. So for me, that's what turned it around charging for my services, learning how to package my services and taking full full responsibility for my financial future and getting help and support every step along the way, because making, you know, making 10, $20,000 in a business is one experience. Making $100,000 in a business is another. And I think that continued coach, coaching and community and a belief in myself that I can do it has kept things moving forward. That's great. That's absolutely awesome. That's, you know, I hope that everybody feels inspired about that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question of something that I heard before, uh, which it was that when, one of the things that you learned when you were growing up is that in order to make money, you had to work really hard. And I know that, you know, as women, because, you know, we bear children and we now we have to work. And so we do tend to overwork ourselves. Did you, were you able to find a little bit of balance? Were you able to find that uh, there was a way that you didn't have to kill yourself or overwork yourself? Definitely. Definitely. I have this conversation all day long with clients and in the media And I think that where that belief came from was, and, and for, especially in America, we have so many people who are working for hourly and you start to connect your value and your worth and what you're capable of by what you make hourly. And for me, it took me breaking out of an hourly mindset to realize that I can charge what I feel like is right to charge, but I don't have to charge hourly per se. And that I can expand my wealth that way. And I, I can also do what I love. I love what I do. And it doesn't feel like work most days. So the, the concept that it has to be hard, it has to be long days, I have to feel exhausted at the end of the day, I had to really re rethink that there's a new possibility, there's a new way. And it took me having a lots of highs and lows financially to figure it out but I do believe it's possible. Also from the point of investing, most women, 70% of American women are not investing. They have their money sitting in cash. 
Yes. So if we can teach you how to invest and how to have your money working for you and growing for you, also, it goes from a fixed, limited conversation about money and what's possible to a growth mindset. And I think that everybody can really think about that growth mindset versus how can I work more hours for more money? I absolutely love that because again, there are possibilities, you know, like what, where, where you are right now, the way you feel or like, like that you don't see an exit, there is possibility. It is a matter of, like you said, finding the help. And first of all, and then second of all, like say, well, I've been doing it this way. Why am I doing it this way? Is there another way? Right. I, I definitely love that part. For sure. I love that too. I think it, what, where I also work with women before I even, like, I don't teach budgets personally. I talk, I talk about tracking your money and the importance of being in relationship with your money and budgets work for some people and they don't work for other people. Yeah. But if you're really looking to make a big change in life, there are things that are negotiable and there are things that are not negotiable. Mm -hmm. And life is about choices and our finances is all about choices. So if we can look at our relationship with time and if we can look at what it is that we really want to have in our lives, we may have to renegotiate certain things in our lives. Like the example I gave of my house, I did not want to sell my house. (laughs) I loved my house. My son's memories were in that house. Yes. But when I looked at what I really wanted, I had to be willing to renegotiate that. And sometimes we put ourselves in our own personal hell because of things in our lives that we perceive are not negotiable. So hopefully that's valuable to think of as well. Yeah. So what happened? You had to sell your home. I got to, I got to, right. I changed it from my have to, to, could I stay in this house and pay the mortgage? Yes. Would I have as much freedom if I didn't sell my house? I would not have as much freedom. So I, I looked at the numbers and I looked at what I, what I was negotiating in my life. And selling the home is what I decided that would give me the freedom to then move forward with my business and have, you know, not be attached to a mortgage payment. And so it was easier to let it go because I was in vision versus the tug of war if I have to sell my house. So basically you shift your emotions on that, right? Mm -hmm. You shift the energy around it and really look at it from a place of, is this a have to or a get to? And for me, that was, that was why I was able to make the shift and, let go of that energy. That's great. And I know that you remarry now. So um, how was that? Now that you know all of this regarding finances, etc. Now in your new relationship, how do you communicate that? How do you um, do you guys um, come to a, you know, a middle point, right together on that? Mm-hmm. Well, being a money expert, we, we just decided that I get to manage the money, okay. <laughs> which is awesome, which is awesome. And he realized it's not a strength of his and he, he didn't have energy or ownership around it. So it was a pretty simple transition knowing that he felt confident in my ability to support the decisions that we were making. But yes, we do once a year in January, we come together and we have a vision conversation. We talk about what we'd like to accomplish in the year. We talk about what our values and priorities are. So that we know that the choices we're making together are in alignment, even though I'm managing the finances. 
One, um, one thing I teach in my world, which I learned from my mentor, Robin Crane, are the five money personalities. And with the five money personalities, there's different personalities that we all have with money. I tend to be more of a saver. I value saving more. And my husband is a spender. So we don't fight about his wanting and willingness to spend. I just set up a spending account. So he gets money in his account every week. I don't question how he spends it. So that's one example of how we balance each of our needs. He knows that saving is really important to me. And so I have savings goals. And once we meet these goals, then we can go on to the next thing. And ultimately it comes with buying something that he wants, which is totally fine (laughs) because we're both working together and we're having active conversations, even though we're not in the, in the daily management of our money together. Of course. And then, you know, like, like you said, you know, with this uh, spending account that he has, once it's gone, it's gone. (laughs) It's gone. (laughs) <laughs> he'll take it down to the last dollar before it replenishes. And, but, but he honors and respects that. And that's what I didn't have in the first marriage is that there wasn't an honor and respect of each of our differences. I couldn't enroll my ex-husband into a conversation of what was important to me. And at the end of the day, like it, it is what it is, you know, no hard feelings on that, but this is a much healthier way of being, I think in, yeah. in a money relationship. Yes, because no matter what, we come from very different environment, we come from very different uh, upbringings, but as long as we have that communication, right, that can help the, the new marriage or, the, or uh, the second marriage to actually work, right, mm-hmm. as long as you guys are on the same page together. That is yeah, awesome. So, that yeah, is I did a lot of interviewing. I interviewed him for a long time before I chose to marry him. <laughs> That is good. I guess uh, you learn a little bit better the second time around, right? What is important? Yes. <laughs> that, yes. that is great. So I know that you have a gift for the audience. What, what mm-hmm. do you have for the audience today? I want the audience to have my free guide. Over the course of the last six years, I've learned systems and ways of teaching money that I believe are simple and easy to follow. I think a lot of times the money industry likes to make it complicated And my free guide is just giving you the stepping stones where if you feel like you don't have a handle on your finances or you feel like you're out of control, this guide will help ground you in learning on what are the right first steps without even looking at your bank account. And I want money to be approachable and and feel like you can do it. So this free guide, I think, will give you the confidence that you can. And then you can also learn what steps to take first today and then get moving in a new direction financially. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So make sure to click on the link so you can take um, uh, Lisa's, I'm sorry, Lisa's um, gift. Now, I know also that you wrote a book, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So I wrote a book and it really is a call to action for women to say, hey, let's talk about money. I don't believe we talk about money enough. I think it's a shameful conversation for so many of us. And so um, the title of the book is Girl, Get Your Shit Together. And the reason I titled it that way is I was driving home one day and I realized like what woman doesn't at some point say that to herself, really? It's not, not from a place of judgment. It's just that I think no matter where we are in our lives, there's a lot of time we'll walk into a room and we'll be like, man, I really got to get my shit together. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, and I still say that to, you know, some days. So it's more of a, a call to action, a call forward to say, Hey, if you really do want to get 
a new financial life and you want to start taking steps in that direction, here's my story. Here are stories of my clients. Here are steps that I think you can take to start moving in a new direction. So I really hope that that's beneficial. I've, I've gotten great feedback from it from women who don't know anything about money, who after reading the book feel like that they can take one step and that's what that's what this book is for. That is great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, these are just, you know, some fun questions. Okay. Uh, do you, in the morning, do you have a morning routine? Not everybody does, but I wonder if you do. I do. I do. My husband and I, our alarm goes off at 4.30 every morning. We are up by five. And I usually have the first two hours of the morning. I prefer a little bit more unstructured time, but that's quiet time before my kids get up. And um, almost every morning, I'm either outside walking my dog, spending time in nature, or I'm doing something active to get my body going. So that's uh, that's seven days a week, most days. And it, it really does give me the, the space and energy I need to then be outward focused in my business all day long. That's awesome. And do you prefer, do you drink coffee or tea in the morning? I used to love coffee in the morning and I was overdoing it. So I don't drink coffee anymore, but I do have a nice, like a, a organic natural energy drink that I use instead. And yeah, every morning. Do the trick. That's good. Yes. And um, <laughs> do you have a, a simple pleasure? My, uh, my husband and I both, I have, I brought a dog into the relationship and then we got a new dog. Okay. Um, yeah. So my, my kids, my, my son is 13 and his son is 11. So together we have the kids and our favorite thing to do at the end of the day is to let the dogs get up on the couch with us. And they like one doesn't cuddle as much, but one does cuddle. And that is my favorite thing to do at the end of the day is just cuddle up with my pops and my husband and get ready for the night. That is awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being here again. I think you got, you are an inspiration for a lot of women. And, uh, and again, I, I hope that not only with you, with what you have shared, but also with the gift that you're giving them today, that it gives them to feel more empowered and give them the, the desire to get their shit together. Let's say it that way, right. And become a smart woman with money. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.